Owl Nation, you are now listening to the Owl Chat Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything Kennesaw State Athletics, with your hosts, Kai Millette and John Finer. We have a very, very special guest today here on the Owl Chat Podcast interview series. With us today is Mr. Norman Radow. Although no introduction I could possibly put together would do him justice, I will certainly try. So Mr. Radow is one of the top benefactors in the history of Kennesaw State University and has played a major role in the school's growth from a small commuter college to what it has become today. Um, After a $9 million gift, Kennesaw State would name the College of Humanities as well as the Social Sciences Building after Mr. Radow himself. Mr. Radow continues to be a philanthropist in his local community and a well-respected businessman in the real estate world. Mr. Radow, I spend time in your building every day, so it's an honor to have you on. Thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything at all that I missed that you'd like to include about yourself? Uh, I think you added too much, actually. But uh, no, I'm really excited to be here, Kai, and I look forward to, uh, you know, participating in this uh, podcast and and celebrating um, uh, KSU athletics. So let's um, let's get right to it. Fantastic. So for those who may not know a lot about you or your profession, just to get, you know, biographical here, tell us a little bit about your come up in the real estate business and how you ended up doing what you do as somebody who studied in the humanities department in school. Well, uh, I was uh, I was a history major in college, uh, and uh, then went to law school. Um, back in college, history. Uh, I mean, I love it. I can even today. I consume, you know, biographies and historical novels and and history books. Really, ninety percent of my reading. Uh, I know, I'm re- but I am exciting at, at cocktail parties. I do promise. Uh, and uh, um, and philosophy, I took as well, and as well as communication. So. So it was a broad-based, um, a broad-based uh, humanities uh, education, and and it really helped me tremendously in law school because law school was all about, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, jurisprudence, which is really, a, it's about philosophy, right? It's a here are the facts, here's the here's the law, apply the facts to the law conclusion, and you know, having to do that in history constantly, it just made things much easier. So. Uh, uh, it really helped me uh, in um, in in uh, my next phase in life. I was a real estate lawyer for about nine years, and then I formed my company back in 1994. This is our 30th year. It's called Radco, and we've really gone through three life cycles, and we constantly try to pick markets and see where uh, the next opportunity is. And and um, um, and so this is a new cycle coming now in real estate. So it's a really very exciting time. Uh, Radco's here in Atlanta, where we own today, I think, four hotels in in Atlanta, um, uh, two of which are pretty well known. Uh, one is uh, the uh, American Hotel downtown, which is uh, the first integrated hotel in the South that has a lot of history. MLK used it as headquarters. Uh, you know, I can go on about that for a long, long time. We own also some uh, apartments uh, still in the city. We used to be the second largest landlord. Now we're uh, a lot smaller. Um, we sold off during the COVID uh, run-up, so um, we're waiting now for uh, the next cycle. So uh, that's what our business is about. I can tell you, and I can assure you, and I do this in hiring as well. Business school is great. We want you to get a business, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, learn business, get a master's in business, but really uh, getting a broad-based education where you think, where you think critically, where you know how to write. 
uh, a cogent sentence, let alone two in a row that make a point. Wow, you know, so uh, humanities does that. So, uh, you know, so I, I, I do look for a humanities background in, in, in hiring and uh, I think it's really important, you know, to be well-rounded in life and be a good citizen, which you learn in humanities and social sciences. So that's one of the reasons we uh, decided to support that college. Uh, though we have, I think, 12 different colleges that we support at KSU, uh, that's just one that the school came to us that they had an urgent need, and we we um, um, we we felt the same way when they presented it to us. So yeah, I'm around in circles. I don't want to bore people to death on that. They're not. You're not here to hear me talk about all that. But um, that was, um, uh, you know, that's my, in a nutshell my career as the KSU. I'll tell you a story, uh, 24 years ago, I saw an article in the newspaper uh, that uh, KSU tried to develop student housing and they failed. They couldn't get uh, the approvals. And I saw that Dr. Michael Coles, from the Coles now the Coles College uh, was quoted. And I knew Michael, you know, slightly. Uh, so I wrote him a letter and I said, do you ever think of trying this? And he called me up and asked me to lunch. And I went to lunch with Michael Coles, and he said, you're now in charge. So he, he said, you're now in charge of our real estate group. I said, well, what's in the real estate group? Do we have any assets? Is there anyone involved? He said, no, no assets uh, and uh, no money and no people. Other than that, you know, it's yours. And so from that, we, um, you know, working with others, but I, we put together, we built the first dorms. We bought more land. We bought apartments that already existed. We built parking decks. I uh, almost doubled the size of the campus. Uh, I was 180 acres. I went to about 320 acres uh, under my tutelage using smoke and mirrors to buy all these things. Uh, and um, uh, we built until just now, uh, this last uh, dorm that was built, uh, uh, I built every single uh, residence on, on campus. And then um, uh, I bought up strategically uh, 23 different parcels on on the east side of campus, which is now the sports park and, and stadium. And uh, I didn't know what I was gonna do with it, but I had it all on the contract. And uh, Dr. Papp, um, who was a huge proponent of sports at KSU, it was his first meeting with me. And uh, I sat in that big conference room up in, in the president's office. And uh, I said, Dr. Papp, what's your, you know, what's your, you know, what's your, what's your goal? Like, you have a, you know, um, um, an agenda for what you want to accomplish as president. And he said, you know what I really want to do? I wish, I know it can't happen, but I wish I had a hundred acres of land so I could build a sports park and a stadium and bring football to KSU. And I said, is that what you really want? He said, yes. I said, hold that thought. And I went to my briefcase. We had briefcases in those days before backpacks. And I, I took out uh, my briefcase and I, I, I said, excuse me. And I, I said, get your hands off the table. And I rolled down a huge map. I had all the land laid out. I said, there's your 100 acres from 75 to 575 all along with Shanty. And he said, are you kidding me? You have this land? I said, I do. I said, I just didn't have a purpose for it. And from there, we had a, you know, the plan was born to build the sports park and uh, and the stadium and and to bring football to uh, KSU. And, and uh, so there's our segue into sports.
<laughs> yeah, that's a that's a fantastic story. Um, great stuff. Yeah, and usually I'm the king of the segues on this podcast, but uh, you, you got me on that one. Yeah, to inspire <laughs> yeah. me, Jonathan, with the the view of the stadium behind you. So I'm inspired. <laughs> There you can't go. help but talk about it. Yeah. Um, just so you're aware, I mean, there was a presentation in one of my classes um, in your building um, about you just basically to tell kids like, yeah, kids with uh, humanities degrees can be successful. <laughs> so I appreciate you sticking up for our crowd. Um, but one thing I wanted to ask you is, since well, you are thinking about that, some of the degrees that they've crafted in the Radio College are, are really targeted to um, a real need in industry. So even like in psychology, everyone talks about psychology, you know, you never get a job in that, but they're actually teaching how to do the research for business. Uh, and that's a degree, a master's degree, I think, in the radar college, not, you know, some pie in the sky, like, you know, theoretical, you know, anal analytics, but, uh, you know, to analyze people, but to really hone in on, you know, the user experience, let's say on this podcast. And, you know, are we pressing the right buttons? Do we have the right background? Are we advertising the right way? What's the hot button for people and for your customers? And and so that that's just taking humanities and 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 directing it to be useful to business and and uh, you know uh, you know create a career path for people. And I can go on and on on so many different facets of the college where they're doing that, and I'm, I'm I applaud them for that. Right. So here's what I really wanted to ask is, oh, okay. no, 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 you're good. No, I'm just so like segueing. Um, since you aren't an alumni, matter of fact, you graduated college back when Kennesaw State was still a community college. Um, what did you see in KSU other than proximity and convenience? So, um, you know, uh, I want, I was coming off of a, um, a major philanthropic, um, I wasn't, by the way, I wasn't very successful at the time. I was, you know, a normal guy. Um, but, you know, I giving back, giving back is the most important thing. I was coming off of a, one charity where I'd done a, a considerable amount of, you know, elbow grease to uh, to help that charity. And I was coming off that and looking for, uh, you know, something else to do to give back. I didn't intend KSU to be that. But when the opportunity came, I looked at it and said, just like you pointed out, Kai, the location. I said, look at this. My God, you know this is uh, KSU is an, an incredible you know spot, and uh, and and geographically, and Atlanta's growing, and everything's going to grow with it. But this school, particularly, everything was going north. I thought this was a a, a a huge opportunity. The second was it was a commuter college, just became a college. It was a community school maybe a year or two before, so it just became a college. There were eleven thousand students at KSU when I when I became involved. Of those, 6,000 were part-time or continuing ed, non-traditional students. So there are only 5,000, believe this or not, 5,000, and this is just since I got involved, there are 5,000 full-time matriculated students at KSU in like 1998 or nine, whenever it was I started. But today it's 45,000. Just imagine that kind of growth. Uh, and, I, and I knew that kind of growth was coming. I mean, it just made total sense, uh, even though the Board of Regents wasn't planning for it and and uh, uh, President Betty Siegel was dreaming it, but you know, it's she started when it was two thousand students. So she, you know, she it was a little, uh, you know, uh, I think our, the team at the time was uh, not as focused on that growth because it, it had grown so fast already in their eyes. So um, you know, it just it just seems so logical. And then as a businessman, you know, you 
um, want an ROI, a return on investment. If you were at UGA, even 20 years ago, if you gave a million dollars to UGA or you, you know, gave it your all and went in and, and, and tried to help the college and, and you know, with your, you know, um, uh, you know, with your um, expertise, where would you get, right? You, you wouldn't make a huge impact at, at UGA. And so I looked at Kennesaw and said, oh my gosh, um, I'm getting it on the ground floor. Like a it's like a tech startup, you know. So that's how I'm getting into the ground floor, and so um, those were the two things that drove me. Now, and education, public education, was a hot button for me anyway, uh, since it gave me so much. So that was already there. But why KSU and not Georgia State, or why not uh, you know UGA or or Emory or any other, or you know Georgia Tech, we could, you know any college? It was because of those three factors that that I chose KSU. Right. And so it's from Michael Coles. Gotcha. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off there. Um, no, no, that's fine. Sorry for a, so long winded. No, you're good. No, it's great. an exciting story. I want to tell it. No, please tell everything. Seriously. It's great stuff. Um, but as we talked a little bit off the air, um, you know, with the addition of the football program 10 years ago and the jump to D1, you know, 20 years ago has done a lot as far as, you know, publicity goes just for the university. How important has that been for the reputation of the school to have not only D1 athletics, but successful Division One athletics? Well, not as not as much uh, until recently as I would have hoped. And I think the reason is, in general, ASU is perceived outside of our, you know, the, the ambit of, you know, people involved with KSU, we are perceived as we were 10 years ago. And that's been the case since I've been involved. The, the way the Board of Regents sees KSU, the way the state legislature sees KSU, and by the way, there's not one KSU alum in the state legislature, not one. So all of you, you uh, humanities people, go one for, you know, state assembly and, and senate and get in there. So we don't have advocates there, and so they don't—they're not touching KSU every day. It's, they see a, a request for money, or they hear a story, or they read this or that, but they're not—you know—they don't have the hand on the pulse. And so um, we are, are marketing KSU marketing-wise over the years is not really kept up with our advancements as a institution, which is extraordinary. So um, until March Madness, I would say last year. Uh, um, you know, until leading up to that, because KSU had a very exciting basketball team going into the stretch, so it was getting a lot more publicity. Um, but March Madness, I think, changed everything. And uh, it changed everything in several ways. Uh, first, internally, uh, everyone involved in KSU said, we can do it, we're there. In News Arrivon, we have arrived. So so that, that, you know, got everyone excited that we can make the investments, we can do extra things, because we're there already, let's go make it, you know, happen. That was one. Number two, we got national publicity. I kept hearing, Kennesaw State who? Kennesaw State who? At the beginning, at the end, everyone knew Kennesaw State. So we got, I think, $3 million uh, in value and publicity, nas national, you know, television and, and things like that from that experience. And then it also brought... Um, uh, new recruits. Everyone said, what's going on KSU? So it was easier to go out and recruit for the future, for this year, next year, and the years to come. And then finally, the state legislature couldn't miss it, right? The Board of Regents couldn't miss it. We were the only team in Georgia in March Madness. So just think about that. You know, the only one. UGA wasn't there. So everyone's attention 
in the state was on KSU. So, so I think now, um, as a consequence of that, we've moved up in the mindset uh, uh, of uh, people about the importance of sports at, at, at KSU. So I think now it's catching up to where it should have been. But I think in the last few years, you know, frankly, until this year, we couldn't even get students to go to the football games. So, you know, we'd be, uh, we have a box, we go to every game and there all the seats are empty. And so uh, maybe homecoming would fill up. But this year, a lot more students are are participating. I think the college has done a great job marketing it. Uh, we're getting a lot more participation in, in uh, uh, you know, all the, um, um, all the activities, of, not just in the, in the, uh, the stadium itself, but at, at, you know, outside all the things going on, the activities. I think they're doing a lot better job at that. And uh, I think our president's hit it really well. And I think next year being, you know, elevated in the division that we're in, um, I think that we're going to get even more, more students after that. So even though we had football and even though it was a good team until this year, we were a winning team every year. So uh, it was eight straight years of winning. So, uh, uh, and uh, yet, we weren't getting kids excited to come to the game. So so I think that's starting to change now. Uh, I think March Madness helped a little bit as well. Us being elevated now to the next conference is going to be really important. Um, and uh, um, so I think it's starting to get there. And I think it's going to start lifting um, both the experience at KSU for all students, because now you can participate and be part of really competitive sports that are fun and exciting, um, but also in terms of name recognition and the quality of students who want to come here. Yeah, and I think I can speak for a good amount of Owls fans when I say, uh, to go on your point, we were all thrilled when we were the only school from Georgia to make the tournament. And we were actively, at least I know me and a bunch of other people, were actively pulling against any other schools to not sneak in somehow. Um, and just to kind of uh, go on what you said, um, with the uh, the marketing team at KSU for football has done an excellent job this year. I think they really started to step their game up, which is a big reason why there were more, perhaps more fans and seats, even though the product on the field perhaps, you know, wasn't as good as it usually is. Um, you know, I saw partnerships like Wellstar, you know, giving away tickets, right. you know, doing whatever has to be done to get people there. Yeah. And I, I think it's important. It's not, it's not just sports and sports marketing. It's also student affairs, right? And then, and uh, the marketing department at the university in general, I think there are like four or five dif uh, different um, uh, residents live or, or, or different organizations that there's a committee that's putting all this together now. It's not just sports. It, you know, we're one village. We need all to support, um, uh, you know, this, the the, um, uh, the sports program. So, so I think this year, finally, we realized it's, oh, that's sports over there, right? Or that's the Radio College over there. I think our new president, um, uh, Kat Schwag, is saying, no, we're one KSU over here. And she's making that impact, I think, significantly. I, it's noticeable to me. So uh, I, I think it was noticeable to you this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I have a quick question about you know supporting the athletics program. Uh, if you don't have a lot of money to donate, um, you're, and uh, what are ways that... KSU athletic supporters um, can make a difference beyond giving money to perhaps, you know, maybe time or, you know, just anything they can do to make the jobs easier from the people that, you know, are um, donating and that sort of thing. 
You know, I think there's a misconception if you don't have money, you can't make a difference. I mean, I, I'll tell you that when I started at KSU, I was not a wealthy man. So uh, I didn't write big checks. I wrote, you know, whatever the requirement was, $2,000 a year uh, to be on the board. And so, but, I, but what I had was a significant amount of entrepreneurial real estate expertise. And the board didn't have that. Uh, we had a lot of, uh, you know, retired bankers and we had uh, Michael Coles was, you know, in cookies and, uh, and stuff, but we didn't have real estate expertise. And so, um, and also um, not being an employee of the university, um, I didn't have to worry about being fired. So I said, I'm, I'm gonna take every risk I can because I know it's worth it. So I, I did some really extraordinary things that, that I, and anyone who remembers or um, uh, has been around will tell you that um, it was really hard. And I just, we, um, you know, had to fight the Board of Regents, often bypassed the Board of Regents, got things done. So much so that once we were breaking ground on the Zuckerberg Art uh, Gallery, which is a very attractive art gallery, by the way, and uh, the chancellor came up the campus. You're sitting next to me. You know, we were you know about to you know cut the ribbon or, or you, know, uh, you know break the shovel, and, uh, and uh, he turns to me and he said, "When did all this happen?" Because he saw the whole North Campus, all the student dorms, the parking decks, the the, the uh, uh, you know just a tremendous amount of infrastructure that had been built, more land that had been assembled, and uh, and uh, he, he they had no idea because so much of it, much of it. I snuck in or got done without the Board of Regents. And so um, they, they just had no idea all this was, um, you know, uh, this was going on. I had no money, but I had um, an expertise and a desire to spend my time and resources to um, to, to change KSU for the better. And I, I think I've been, you know, uh, you know, very pleased with what we were able to accomplish. So, yes, you know, you're, you have expertise, bring it in. Um, um, you, you can vote by buying a ticket to go to an event. You can call your state legislature and say, hey, why isn't KSU getting its fair share of, of capital dollars? If you go look um, at, at uh, UGA last year, they have like eight projects for $500 million going on right now. Go look at KSU. Do you see any cranes? Do you see any, any building being built? No. Okay, we got one building in a, uh, uh, built, an academic building built uh, last year, uh, the Learning Center. Well, that's um, that's the first academic building they built since I think the Radout College in two thousand and five. I mean, set seventeen years to get an academic building. Meanwhile, we grew from you know ten thousand to forty five thousand students, and so so much of the investment that came in came from private dollars, from uh, borrowings. Um, you know, from anticipating need and and creating actually financially viable real estate transactions that made money that funneled into the foundation to provide scholarships. So, so um, again, not with the check. I didn't write a check. It was my expertise. But we need the board of regents, and we need we need to lobby them. We need to call our legislators and say, why isn't KSU getting the funding it needs and uh, get some more support? So, there's so many ways you, that you can do it. Just show up. Just you heard it. the man start hitting the phone lines, guys. Yeah. Buy a ticket. Come to a basketball game. You know, go to a football game. You know, go to a track uh, a track meet. And we have so many great sports going on. You know, uh, we're, we're concentrating on the, on the you know, you know, when it, you went to, um, you know, Africa on safari, they talk about you got to see the big five. 
the big five, you know, see rhinoceroses, elephants, lions, and, you know, uh, uh, and leopards, and uh, I forgot what the fifth one was, but, you know, you got to see all these five, right? And, um, but there are a hundred different animals you're seeing, and they're all incredible, but it's the big five. So the, we have the big two, basketball and football, but there's so much more soccer. We've got, you know, great soccer team and great soccer facility. Um, and so there's so many sports that we can just go out and support. Baseball, our base, you know, we have several um, MLB players who graduated KSU, and we've won the championship several times. So we have a very, very um, uh, uh, competitive uh, baseball team. No one shows up. So show up. It's fun. And we're getting that. We're getting that new stadium soon. So That's as funny. early as next season in twenty uh, what twenty twenty five. Well, from your mouth to God's ears, the money is raised. When it gets <laughs> built, I'm I'm not I'm no longer running that show, so I don't know when they're going to build that. But but uh, I hope it's next year. It'll be wonderful. I think it's going to be right after the season ends. Is kind of my understanding. But again, until I actually see it, I don't believe it. You know the current. But I'll tell you, when I was chairman. One of the things I did with baseball, and again, we didn't have a lot of resources then, is there is no, there's no, there's no bathroom in the current stadium. Forget for fans or for the players. So I was able to build in the dugout, you know, a small toilet in both dugouts, you know, for 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 the players, you know, a small little bathroom. But there was no, still today no bathroom for for fans in the state. Could you believe that? You know, twenty twenty three. Uh, so um, that was one of the problems we had then. The field actually um, slightly is not is not flat, so it slightly uh, you know bends and you know uh, has goes downhill in the outfield in some places, so the ball can keep rolling. So it's 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 um, there's a lot of rocks in the in the field. It, it is not what it needs to be. Though so the team is where it needs to be, and so they deserve you know, a cutting edge facility. So I'm glad we're getting that. It sounds like a good built-in excuse for, uh, for any errors, uh, you know, just point to that. I know, I know. They're not going to be able to make that next year. <laughs> so they better get, they better get uh, the field pra fielding practice in. By the exactly. way, I'll tell you that I'm a minority owner, not uh, uh, very public. And if it was, Kai would have mentioned it because I don't advertise it, but I am a uh, minority owner of uh, the Miami Marlins. Really? Is that the, the first time you've put that out there? Uh, you, you, this is an exclusive right here on your podcast. There you go. We appreciate it. Thanks uh, yeah. for helping us break some news. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, there I'm, you go. I'm the uh, chairman of the real estate uh, group. Um, and so um, I'm uh, trying to do for the Marlins what I did for KSU. Excellent. Well, we're still Braves fans over here. So take it a little bit slow for us, okay? I don't think the Braves have anything to worry about. I don't think they have anything to worry about. But let them focus on the Phillies. Hey, every time the Marlins seem to get in there, they win. They seem to win the World Series. So well, you never we know. We didn't do it last year. We did get in the playoffs, but the Phillies crushed us too. So um, we got the Braves and the Marlins. I will say, when the Marlins play the Braves, I do support the Marlins. Otherwise, you know, I'm a, a Braves fan through and through. I think you have a fair reason to support the Marlins there. I'd say. <laughs> oh, thank you. Money um, talks. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, so obviously you have all the insight in the world. Do you think that going forward, the higher ups in KSU administration will continue to push for the growth of Owls athletics? And is that something that you as the benefactor want to see? So, you know, I, I'll tell you that um, uh, 
the answer is yes and yes. Okay, so I don't want to be politicize it. You know, in uh, in law, when we're at uh, trial and you you're asking uh, someone a wit uh, witness question, say answer yes or no, and then you can explain. So I'm going to do that. So the answer is yes and yes. But I've really come to it more slowly because um, really uh, I focused on so many different aspects of KSU, like having um, you know uh, on-campus housing, creating a 24/7 experience, building the dining hall, um, uh, you know, getting the parking right, buying the land, expanding you know uh, our uh, uh, internal road infrastructure. So I'm building a whole sports park. So it's not like I'm you know sitting there focusing which is the most important thing. Uh, I think we have to grow in every direction at the same time um, in the last 20 some, some odd years. Now that we're 45,000 students, and we may be growing, but if you grow 1,000 students a year, you're growing one one and a half, two percent. When you grow 1,000 students a year at 10,000, you're growing 10%. So it's a, a much bigger growth factor. So now it's a, it's a, um, um, it's a manageable growth where you really can sit down and say, okay, what's the what's the best of KSU? What, what are we weak in? What do we need to focus on? What should we cut back on? What should we add? You know, this is a really incredible time for KSU to do that. And we've got the, I think, between Ivan Pumakaya as the uh, the provost, who's just bursting with energy. Um, and uh, I don't know if you saw his, he, he put on, he choreographed a dance um, uh, last week, I went to that blew me out of the water. I mean, I was I was uh, mesmerized by what he did, and he's still he's extraordinary. And the willing reason, and he was able, he was willing to leave what he loves, the passion he loves, to go and serve KSU on a broader level. So, as the provost and Tatch Wag as the president, I think coming up through the ranks of KSU, they both know where um, we need to focus our attention. And uh, sports, I know that uh, as soon as Kat came in, um, that was, you know, she was laser focused on it. I was in a couple of meetings where I, I saw that actually in real time. This is not sitting up in the bleachers and, and thinking I, I see what I see. This, this is um, something that's coming from direct experience. So, so she wants to do that because... Um, KSU is competing so well in so many things. Our engineering school is top-notch. Our, our, uh, our uh, nursing school is top-notch. The Coles College of Business is right up there. Uh, the uh, uh, Bagwell School of Education is, is um, uh, you know, is highly regarded in the state and producing, I think, more teachers than, I think, any other college. So all these things are happening, and we focus on academics first, and I think that's great, but um, she realizes that uh, uh, sports... Um, is a critical piece of what a major university has to have uh, to be viewed seriously uh, by students academically and by donors academically. So uh, she sees it as um, as sort of the, um, the the biggest marketing tool that um, out there for KSU. We talked about earlier us being behind ten years all the time and what KSU is and and and. Look what happened with March Madness um, and how it elevated the entire um, uh, view of KSU nationally. And it's no surprise that we were then the large, the fastest growing school in Georgia last year. We had more new students than anyone else. And I, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that more and more people know what KSU 
is about, and it's an exciting school. And I think um, elevating sports, elevating our teams, elevating our facilities uh, will, you know, will um, um, have a major impact on the academic side of the university as well. So yes, and yes, uh, that's these are things as a donor, as a cheerleader, uh, as an owl um, that uh, I want to see, and we're getting it. Yeah, and raising the profile of the school is definitely something that March Madness did. Um, you know, th just even since I've been here, you know, our profile has been raised, especially since football started. You know, that name Kennesaw State is getting out. You know, we recruit a lot in Alabama, just regionally, Tennessee, Alabama, even some in South Carolina. A lot more people know and recognize the Kennesaw State name, not even from March Madness, just from being around and having the coaches out there and seeing their friends are going to the school and, you know, especially um, you know, with basketball, there's only so many guys you can recruit with football, man. You're trying to fill a roster with a hundred people. You know, your coaches are really emphasizing. Isn't that, isn't that incredible? It's amazing. How many, how many, uh, kids are involved. I know it's, it's crazy. It's hard work. I can't imagine. And, you know, we have a, not to get into sports, but man, we have a lot of, uh, turnover this off season with the roster. Uh, the coaches are going to, I don't think they're going to be having very relaxed, uh, holidays this year. I'll just say that. Uh, <laughs> Time for them to work. Time for them Absolutely. to work. Yeah. Let's get a quarterback so we can have more than like four passes a game. Yeah. I'm greedy. <laughs> I want two quarterbacks. Are you sure you haven't been listening to the podcast? <laughs> You're saying exactly what we've been saying for months well, now. <laughs> well, you know what? Look, look, you know, uh, I go to the games. You know, I may be old, but I can still see. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So this question I'm really curious about. I, you know, I, my joke in, in the suite all the time is, I wonder if they're going to go up the middle again? <laughs> up the middle. Yeah, just catch them off guard every time, yeah. right? Yeah, I guess, oh, they're going to sneak in up the middle again right now. Up the middle. you know. So, Oh, man, that used to be the, the game plan for past years with the beatback. Just fullback dive, fullback dive, then going on the outside. And, you know, definitely a change this year. And, you know, I don't think, uh, you know, don't think we had the personnel to really pull it off. And uh, next year, I think hopefully we will. I think so. I'll tell you a funny story about this. And then I know we have important things to talk about. I went to the, oh, go ahead. you know, a year ago, I went to the opening game was at Cincinnati. You know, it was a big team. Right. And, uh, you know, we go on, I'm walking on the field and, uh, and I, you know, we're walking by uh, Cincinnati's team, uh, University of Cincinnati. And, uh, and I'm looking at their, uh, their front line and they're like, 50 pounds heavier than our front line. I went up to him and said, please don't hurt our kids. They're just students, <laughs> please. Um, but we, I go up, I was in the, the president's suite, and next to us was the, um, uh, you know, the coach's suite, where they're like, you know, the radios, and they're doing plays, and they're calling down, you know, challenge this play, or, you know, you know, calling in plays and stuff, I'm up there. So I'm looking in there, so they see me looking in. So they put up a sheet because there's a glass, there's a little glass between us. So they put up a sheet that we couldn't see what they were doing. You know, I go, you know, that that's funny. Because I turned to everyone, I said, they're going to go up the middle. Everyone knows that. Why, why, why are they hiding that? And I called, I called 80% of the plays that game. I, I, I 80% of the plays I called in that suite. Everyone looked, how did you know? How do you know? I said, because I know this offense. So, um, <laughs> Um, I don't, you don't need to have a sheet up. I know what you're about to do. So well, back in the day, we, we kind of dared them to stop us. You know, you know what we're going to run, but can you, can you beat it? Well, we're playing small teams, you know, but, uh, yeah, we saw this year, 
you know, and we saw when we played Georgia Tech, and we saw when we played Georgia State, and we saw when we played Cincinnati, when we were playing big teams, you know, you know, when you're bigger than you, running is not necessarily this, you know, you may want to set up the the pass, but you know, you know, running as a strategy. You may want to rethink that. So, and in, and in the past few days, uh, Kennesaw State football, not to get too off topic, has offered probably five, six uh, JUCO guys, offensive linemen that are all 300 plus pounds. And one gentleman that was offered also has an Auburn offer and a few others. He's listed as 6'7", 350. So Conference USA is really allowing us to, you know, go after some of the big fish that we weren't in the conversation for before. I don't know how many of these big fish we'll get. But, you know, just the size difference, you know, we're going to be getting those 300 to 315 pound guys now instead of maybe 290 to 300. I will tell you something the coach told me as well, that um, because of scholarships, we talk about philanthropy, we do give um, a uh, athletic scholarship a year. And it's, a, it's a big scholarship, not a thousand dollars. It's a, you know, full boat thing. And, um, uh, and they told me that uh, one of the kids, that maybe one of the linemen, but one of the uh, kids was accepted uh, a recruiter at UGA and was offered a position at UGA and is coming to Kennesaw because of the financial package we're able to put together. So um, uh, not to say that he's going to change the whole team, but the fact that someone that uh, the number one team of football was recruiting is coming to us, I think is reflective both of the importance of philanthropy here to help, but also of the recognition that KSU is on the move and about to move up and that, uh, you know, kids want to come here because it's exciting. Yeah. And the cost increases and the the budgets um, with FCS, you get, uh, was it 63 uh, full scholarships? You can divide it into partials. Now it's going to be 85 full. So that's a big, uh, you know, a big burden to cover there. Yeah. I think our, I think our problem with recruiting uh, and you may have seen this, have you been to our athletic training facility, which is shared by all the uh, uh, the teams? It's a, a, as they say in the South, a double Y. It's a double Y. <laughs> and uh, and that's it. Okay. Yep. We're Division I t- uh, school, and we have a double Y as a training facility. And uh, so, um, and I'll tell you, uh, you asked about whether the leadership of the school is um, behind athletics and is driving athletics and sees the importance of athletics. Uh, here's here's a demonstrative way I can prove this that um, that uh, the president came to me and and my family and asked us to give the lead gift for a new training facility. The training facility is going to be at least fifty thousand feet. Right now, the current design is fifty thousand, but I'm hoping that we can raise more and make it bigger. Fifty thousand is I went and looked it up is very competitive. I mean, there are 70,000, 80,000 foot facilities elsewhere, you know, and maybe one day we can get there, but 50 is in the sweet spot of a, uh, an exciting facility uh, and being brand new. The design, I think, is an incredibly um, uh, 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 attractive because it's so modern and light and um, sexy, but I think that's going to attract a lot of students. Right now, you come and show them the training facility. And you realize that you have to work out and then you have to go back to your dorm to shower before you go to class and you can miss your class uh, or you lose an hour worth of workout because you have to go back and forth like that. And so um, it, it's it's 
horrible that we haven't dealt with this before. And I think that uh, the fact that, you know, Dr. Schwag sees that importance, that the critical linchpin in our in our uh, uh, sport universe, I think underscores how important she thinks this opportunity is for KSU. So being, you know, in the real estate business- And I said business, yes, by the way. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I was going to ask. So being in the, the real estate industry, I'm sure you've got connections to different architecture groups and, you know, all sorts of people you can call up and stuff. Do you have any input when it comes to actually building the thing or, you know, location or whatever? So um, going back to what do you do with law? So the answer is not much. So, uh, but if I do, I am listened to. Uh, when I was chairman, right through 2012, so from probably 98, 9, or whenever I got involved to 2012, uh, when I retired as chairman, uh, the answer was yes. I did everything. The, the stadium was my design. We didn't use one state dollar to build that stadium. I did it on a line of credit. And it wouldn't have got, and by the way, we built it in 09, in the height of the Great Recession. So we built that stadium for $16 million. It would be $60, $70 million that it could build. We, we, you know, we wouldn't have been able to afford it. But everyone was out of work, and I was able to, to do that, and I did it in the line of credit. So it was not a state program. No, one, no students had voted for football. No one had voted for a football or recreational fee yet. So we had no money. You know, the school had no money or ability to finance it. But because of that, I was able to design it, get it, and then build it without going through 14 levels of architectural review at the college and uh, and then go to the Board of Regents to get their approval. It was built, and then I go, you want it or not? You know, that was, uh, you know, that was the, um, we were able to get that done and had it delivered in 2010. So um, it couldn't have gotten done before. And so I, I did all that. Uh, after 2012, it was other, uh, left to others, other leaders. Uh, they looked at other priorities um, and didn't go to build more dorms or more facilities or buy more, buy more land until the last couple of years. So we had like 10 years where the foundation focused more on fundraising and on uh, uh, internal uh, infrastructure for the college as opposed to you know buildings and land. So no one's really had to come to me because there's not been a lot you know, of activity. With this athletic center, um, I did have a lot of opinions. I didn't get to, to design it. I didn't want to, you know, uh, they had it all designed already. They picked the architects. But I did have some input in terms of how it looked, the size of it. Uh, the, the first rendition to me was, I thought, too small. I said, again, you're thinking too small. You got to think of the future. You can't think of today. Think big, you know. And um, and so they came back with a, a more cohesive uh, expansive design, but uh, did I pick the architect? No. Do I even know who the architect is today? No, but I, I did have some input. Yeah. So to talk about the stadium itself, there's been a lot of outside talk just on Twitter and people who are, you know, messaging us talking about the podcast about potential stadium expansion um, to fit third itself, um, you know, with the the conference jump. Is that something that's on the board's radar? Is that something that we could see, or is that just not really a concern at the moment? So in 2009, when I designed and built this, I, I actually had it designed and built to expand to 22,000 seats easily. 
you know, as you know, Sanford Stadium, which is what, 90,000 students, you know, 90,000 seats, you know, that thing's been expanded like 73 times. You know, they, you can tell that it's, it wasn't a cohesive thought, you know, they just keep adding on to it, you know. So, um, but we thought about it. So, um, and so um, the, uh, uh, the visiting side, the side where the, uh, the lake is, um, already has uh, the support mechanisms in place, the, you know, the engineering, it's got the electrical uh, conduits and the plumbing uh, to add another level. So that's already, you know, that's just, you have to do that and, and you can build it. And the same with the, um, uh, at the end zone uh, where the, uh, um, uh, where the screen is. That also can develop and have permanent um, uh, seating. So we can expand it to 22,000 seats right now um, um, just by the design that's already in place. And the problem is, uh, as I see it, that we haven't filled the stadium as it is. So, um, so the, the, the ability to do it is just like that. It could be done. Um, obviously, you need a check. But if we started having 10,000 people at a game, you know, all season, and we had a competitive season in our new new conference, um, I think the money will come, right? And I think the, the president will make it a priority. The stadium's also getting a little, you know, some of the seats need to be replaced. We could renovate it a little. You know, it is 14 years old. Um, and so um, um, I think there could be some uh, refresh also that could be done at the same time. But uh, but the stadium is still beautiful, very uh, workable, and um, and uh, can be expanded. and And I hope uh, I hope in my next four or five years, that's something we'll see. But that's... first, let's fill it up. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, and they they did a better job of it this year. Um, hopefully, winning you know makes it even easier. Um, but that's really good to know because I think that's something that we were all thinking about and asking is like, is it even possible to expand the stadium as is? Um, so, you know, great insight there. Hopefully yeah, and, we do and, you, and you've just ended a lot of social media arguing, by the way, and you didn't even know it. Oh, really? okay. <laughs> you have no idea. People, our listeners have been asking this stuff, you know, for months now. And, you know, we, we've had no answer for them. So <laughs> much yeah. appreciated. So we can go to 22,000. And by the way, you know, I think like for SEC or the big, you know, 10 or something, that I think like 18 or 20 is like a requirement. So um, that would meet uh, any need if, any, if in the future, you know, we would even, uh, you know, go up conference from where we're going now. Yeah, so totally, totally that, out there. That was, the, that was my sure. thinking at the time when we designed it. Sure. Yeah, so like totally out there. But is that even a thought, whether that be 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line, 30 years down the line, that someday we might be playing major college football? Or is well, there like is there a point that we're just content where we are? Well, I'm never content where we are. Otherwise, case you'd still be a commuter college. Uh, the um, so this is just Norm talking. Is I've now I've I haven't heard it whispered and you know anywhere else. Um, but damn it, why not? Forty five thousand students, right? We're, we're probably going to go to fifty. Um, that's a major university right there, just in terms of our girth. Uh, let alone our location. But the most important thing is, remember, we're in the metro Atlanta um, uh, market, communications market, right? And um, that's a big market. So when you go look at these conferences and say, you know, where, what media market do they want to get exposure to? You know, like the Big 12, they're not in Atlanta. 
right? I mean, so, um, I, I, by the way, I have no inside track. No one's called me. I don't know. I'm just saying that, you know, they're, why wouldn't they want to be in Atlanta um, if we had a team and a product that could be, you know, semi-competitive at the, at the beginning in their conference? Just, to, you know, because we deliver that media market to them. So, damn it, I do think, um, and we should, uh, and I don't, again, I don't know if Milton Overton is thinking that today. I don't know if Cat Trag is thinking that today. Let's let's do well at the new conference. Let's fill the stadium. Let's consider expanding the stadium. Let's be good for a few a couple of years in a row, and then we have that opportunity. It happened in basketball twenty years ago. You mentioned the Kai at the beginning. We were Division Two, and we won the national championship, which automatically put us into Division One, right? But was, do you think the year before anyone was thinking we'd be a Division One, especially when we were ten thousand students and half were were uh, you know part time students? I doubt it. You know, I doubt it. Anyone was thinking that until that fateful season. So I don't know why um, you know we made that leap then. That's been twenty years. This is the first leap we've made since, um, which is great. But why should it be our last leap? Yeah. So speaking of, you know, basketball and um, the leaps they've made, uh, one thing that's been talked about a little, not as much as the football facilities, but a little bit is like a possible touch up of the convocation center. Um, is that something we could see in the next 10 years, especially with the current success? And is there a possibility that we get, you know, it named after somebody finally? Uh, yes and yes. I mean, I, look, I have no inside track on this. I haven't discussed it. Um, but the Convocation Center is not new, right? I mean, it's it's a multi-purpose building. It is not a basketball arena. Um, it is adaptable to be a basketball arena, uh, but it is used for graduations. It is used for other ceremonies. Um, heck, I'm getting my doctorate on December 12th in the Convocation Center. Um, and so it's got to be collapsed, built back up for this, and then uh, torn down for basketball, and then built back for this. So um, I would like to see one day uh, a dedicated basketball arena. I think that's what we should be talking about. But renovating the Convocation Center? I mean, yeah, in the normal course of all buildings, lifestyles at times, they should be renovated. But I don't know how much more that will help the experience in basketball because you still have to collapse it, rebuild it back, and you know, go back and forth as that space is used for other things. So, um, um, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be renovated and upscaled. Uh, it, you know, it'll be in the course of things. Again, I have no inside information where that is, but it's just logic to me that they're going to upgrade and renovate that facility. But it still won't provide the experience that you, I think, you're getting at and driving at because it's not a dedicated basketball. And 45,000 students, the team that just went to March Madness, we should have a dedicated uh, uh, arena. and. You know, the, um, by the way, Dr. Schrag, if you're listening to me, this is my first lobbying effort on this. So, uh, <laughs> so you, you know, you heard it here first. Uh, again, it's just my conjecture about, you know, the obvious growth and, uh, of the program and the school. The, um, we have an incredible coach. Antoine, uh, by the way, is amazing, right? I mean, he is, uh, he's bringing in some top talent. Uh, you know, we had a, Tough loss to Florida State, but it's Florida State. You know, we've been, you know, beating other teams. We've been competitive mostly. Um, it's his first year. Um, and uh, I think, I think 
Uh, I don't know if we'll make March Madness this year, but you know, will we make it in the next two or three years again? Absolutely. I I, I have no doubt about it. I have no doubt about it. So um, let's we're gonna we're gonna get there. I really do believe it. I don't think it'll be uh, tomorrow, but uh, I think we got to focus on getting the training facility, which I think will help recruitment in basketball as well, um, and uh, get that team competitive on a consistent basis. Uh, and give uh, Antoine a good runway, and then let's, you know, then enhance our facility, um, um, you know, to to uh, drive our program even further. It's funny. A lot of the stuff that we're talking about now and what you're saying is stuff that we just went over. On uh, we recorded a midweek podcast this morning about three hours ago. So you're you're kind of hitting those points of what we're talking about. You know, we were. I I remember saying this morning. You know, I can see us getting back to our prime year in basketball being two years down the road from now um, in, you know, 2025, uh, 2026 as being that year that I think, man, we can be really, really good. Uh, so again, you're hitting on those uh, key points. It's like you're, a, it's like you're an owl chat podcast listener and we haven't even aired it yet, but um, great, minds. I have, great minds. Absolutely. Great minds think alike. And um, I do have uh, one more question for you. Uh, you talked about KSU's potential down the road. Uh, I do want to talk about the future donor base. Uh, back in the day, you mentioned it was 2000 and so forth. Not only is that number important because that creates future graduates, which in turn creates future donors, which means more money for the program. Now that when I started in like 2008 or something, it was like 17,000. Now it's a ridiculous amount of number, uh, like 43,000. What does that number mean and potential to grow our athletics program just by having a larger network of alumni, to, if that makes sense? Well, that's a that larger net, that's a very long term investment because all right, only in the last five years have you started graduating larger classes, you know, significantly larger classes. Yeah. Because remember, when you went to school, a lot of kids were still going for two years and then going to Georgia, right? So now now people come to KSU much more as the primary education right? uh, uh, you know, trajectory. And so, um, so um, these kids are now graduating in the last couple of years, but they're 23, they're 24, they're 25. They're not making $500,000 a year. They're not, uh, they haven't had kids yet or they're just starting to in the, the next five, 10 years, they're gonna be building their family and building, you know, uh, buying a home hopefully and for them. And, and, and they're not gonna be writing big checks and they're not gonna be running for state legislator. And they're not going to be in a position to lobby. But 10 years from now, and 15 years from now, and 20 years from now, it's like a snowball you know, rolling downhill. Each rotation gets thicker, and um, each rotation, the snowball goes faster. Yet you don't see it at the beginning. Then all of a sudden, oh, is that a boulder, right? And I think that's going to happen. That is not short-term. That is not short-term. Now, we could use those statistics to go and argue today, right? Hey, look how many graduates we have. Look how many students we have with the future, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and that's important. But but in terms of those alumni making, having a major fundamental change in how KSU is perceived and the dollars and resources it gets, um, I think that's a decade or so away. And uh, I, I do. I will say, and I'm very happy about this, that alumni giving is way up. It's small increments. But as we said earlier, give what you can. It, the fact that you touch it and you're now economically um, invested in KSU makes you a bit better cheerleader. It makes you uh, more committed, 
you know, that to see your investment uh, bear fruit. So, so I'm really excited about that. And I think a lot of that has to do with the live uh, learning experience of living on campus, being part of football and basketball and being part of all these extracurricular activities and, uh, you know, leaving the school feeling that you're an alpha life as opposed to I'm just going and getting my education, I'm getting out of here. But, you know, now is that connection post-graduation. I think that's going to be really important, uh, you know, going forward. But I think the size of the school um, and the excitement of the programs the school has, I, I don't know if you've seen it, what's going on in the engineering department. I went there and got a tour of it with the largest donor of the largest scholarship there in honor of my dad, who was an engineer. And uh, what these kids are doing, I'm going to the classrooms, I'm going, what the? I can't say that in your podcast, but oh my God. Oh my God. It's like science fiction. You know, and uh, these kids are doing stuff that I, I just, my mouth is agape uh, and, uh, at, at what they're doing. And, you know, other than Georgia Tech, it's KSU Engineering. You know, so, um, you know, we're really getting known. I will tell you this. I'll tell you, you a story. I was at Rotary, at lunch at Rotary, and one of the programs two or three weeks ago, was on cybersecurity. And so the head of cybersecurity of America, some rear admiral, was speaking. And they had the head of uh, cybersecurity at Georgia Tech on the panel, and it's one other person. And the head of uh, uh, American cybersecurity defense said that the two most important colleges for cybersecurity graduations are because uh, uh, they're desperate for experts in cybersecurity, desperate. They said they're lined up for years to backlog the jobs that they need. Georgia Tech followed by KSU. Georgia Tech, KSU, look at that same sentence. Cybersecurity headquarters is here in Georgia and Augusta. So this is, you know, Georgia jobs. Everyone who graduated is getting huge, uh, huge paychecks. Really important for business and for us as a country that's, that we're on the cutting edge of cybersecurity. All these kind of exciting things that are going on at, K at KSU, you know. So the money is going to follow those programs um, uh, as long as we can get the word out about what we're doing. Because what we're doing right now and the size and growth that we have is attracting more money. I'll tell you, if you go look at uh, the philanthropy to the college over the last 10 years, you know, it's uh, you know, up, 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 up. And then the last five years, it's like that. Um, so. Um, one of the things that I, I tell the VP of development, who's responsible for fundraising, is right now the Radar family, uh, my family has about 9% of all the money in uh, endowments at the college um, is from us. And I said, I want that to stop immediately. I said, we should not be 9% of all the uh, you know, uh, uh, endowments at the university. Um, we're only able to help like a couple of thousand students a year out of 45,000. And they say like 70% of the kids need help. So um, we need more and more money and it's coming in. We're seeing it, you know, I'm seeing it, you know, every day. So um, I think when I was chairman in 2012, I think we had $25 million in endowment. And I think today it's 109. So in 11 years, it's gone up, uh, you know, four plus times. Well, imagine if you go up four plus times from now, that's 400 million. That's serious. So I, I think we're going in that direction. Um, and I think in 10 years, you may see us uh, double and triple our, our, our current endowment. 
all because of all the factors that I talked about, the exciting things happening, uh, the impact KSU is having on business, the size of our growing student population, uh, and our uh, more successful and, and um, uh, nationally known now uh, sports program. And I just want to add, you hit an important factor that I think you know a lot of people overlook. Um, in the past five years, not only has the campus size grown, but identity as a proud KSU alum is associated perhaps with the sports teams, which we covered. So that's a very underrated point. And also, you know, you mentioned that it's going to snowball 10, 15 years from now. Um, you know, people don't have the money to perhaps donate, but, you know, you could say a lot of people that graduate, they'll have families and they'll want to attend basketball games and football games. And, you know, just if you have just some of that, just buying tickets, I mean, the impact that will make, you know, beyond the donations, beyond the big numbers is going to be, I think that's going to be felt. I, I agree. I agree. So buy some more tickets. That's that's the message. There's some free marketing here uh, for KSU Athletics. Uh, go buy some tickets. There hey, it's a, it's a, listen, I don't want to be, you know, cavalier, but it's a cheap date. I mean, it's a, it's a, a real, it, it is a real bargain. I mean, and you can't get into a UGA game, right? I mean, you can't get into a Georgia Tech game um, and uh, let alone for any price, right? You, you can buy scalp, get scalpers to buy tickets. You can come and, you know, for nothing for a student, but for, you know, your graduate, you know, for a very small amount of money, you can go and enjoy yourself, have a great time, support your, your alma mater, support your local university and have a lot of fun. Yeah. And if we, uh, you know, if we keep winning, uh, that date won't be uh, as cheap, hopefully, in a few years. So, uh, you know, maybe I'm hoping in 10 years will be a pretty expensive date. So yeah, well, that's don't, our goal. Tease, don't tease me. I look forward. To that. <laughs> I look forward to that. All right. I got one more question for you before we wrap up. That's just the second of... one more question. But go ahead. Apologies. Sorry. You're, you're fascinating. I'm loving this. Um, it is Jonathan's one more question. This is your one more John question. used up his. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just because I'm super curious and this has nothing to do with athletics. Um, so most of us will never be in the position to donate $9 million to anything, right? What does that process look like? Do you just call somebody up and tell them that, you know, you're going to be gifting him $9 million or is it like, were you talked into this or how does that, how does that process go? So it, it works both ways. So I'll tell you that uh, 9 million is one gift. There have been many other gifts. Um, uh, I donated about $1.4 million to engineering school in honor of my, in memory of my dad. My dad was on his deathbed. And um, so I named the scholarship for him. And I didn't really, I rushed it, you know, because I wanted him to get a certificate. And so he got a scholarship endowed. We gave a, the first scholarship. I got a picture with the, so I, I went and said, I want to do this for engineering, you know. And so um, we did a, you know, I got a picture with the students. Uh, handing him the check, you know, it was a, a toy check, but because he already got the money, and I took the picture and and I framed it for my dad, you know, and I also gave him there's a the case. He does this really wonderful, beautiful certificate in a portfolio. It's really lovely, and so I gave it to my dad. And he said he was on his deathbed. Uh, he was he was yeah, I think like two three months to live. And um, when he moved from his bed to a hospital bed that they brought into his his apartment. Um, there's only one thing he took. He had all the pictures of his kids, you know, you know, all, all the paraphernalia of life all around them. And the only thing he took to his hospital bed was the picture of that um, student 
um, getting um, with me, uh, getting a, a check uh, in my father's name. It meant so much to him. So I, uh, um, and that's, he died with only that picture. And so um, when he died, it's a fascinating story. So when he died, uh, and they're still doing the shiva for the mourning period, my mother said, I, I, my mother just was, you know, frenetic and, and said, we have to clean out all your father's stuff. I said, Ma, is this the time? And I want to clean out now, you know. And uh, she wanted to take all his clothes and donate it to charity. And so my son was with me. Uh, and uh, my son then was uh, about 30. And uh, uh, we um, uh, were going through his stuff. And I found this manila envelope, um, a, you know, big manila envelope. And it was sealed in wax. There's like all these wax seals on it. And it was it was it was a certified letter um, from April first, nineteen sixty five, and it was written in my father's hand, but it had never been opened. I said, "What's why was the envelope? This envelope is fifty years old, uh, and why isn't it? In fact, it was exactly fifty years old when we died." I said, "Why hasn't this been opened? It doesn't make any sense." And I looked at the return address, and it's for my father also. So my father had mailed. A letter to himself and never opened. I mean, I had no idea. Mom, I said, Mom, do you mind? She said, oh, Go ahead and open it. So we open it up and we take it out. Um, uh, uh, engineering drawings. So first thing my son said was, Dad, this was done by hand. You know, computer age, no, nobody draws you know things by hand. He said, This is art. This is gorgeous. He said, This is amazing. I said, Yeah, but what is it? And I'm opening the plans and all these sheets and opening them up and uh it was the um original design drawings for the apollo launch pad and um and when we recognized it like we were like wow so i brought it to the dean of uh i, I already had the scholarship uh but i brought it to the dean and uh the dean's tongue literally um dropped to the table he didn't speak for minutes um, he just was so overwhelmed. So I decided then and there to donate those papers to KSU. And they decided, they put it in the archives, but they made a duplicate of them and put them up in the engineering school, um, you know, in the lobby, um, you know, because they were so important. And they did a little tribute to my dad. And so I was so moved by that, that I took that $25,000 endowment and I made it a $1.4 million endowment. And we made it now, you know, the kids get $10,000 a year, the largest uh, actual payment to students uh, out there. So it was something that was a progression, something I wanted to do. The school then did something for me, created the relationship, and I wanted to do something more because I was so moved. And so it was, I directed it, and then they came up with uh, sort of how we want to use the money. We, we came up with the program together. So that's that's a huge you know investment we made where it came from us. Um, the way the uh, the the uh, humanities and social sciences uh, uh, happened was that the president and the dean and the VP of development all came to see my family. I knew they were coming for something, so I said I better have my family here for support. So we were all in the uh, you know. Uh, in uh, a lounge together, and they went through. They had a book, like a you know real 
loosely book with 23 chapters and went through and made the pitch about why this was important. And um, at the time, we're going back only think four years. Uh, uh, it was the beginning, just pre-COVID. So it was January of 20, they came to me. So it'll be four years next in, in a month. And they said, do you know, do you know how many, how much endowment there is at the Humanities and Social Sciences College, which is the biggest college at KSU in terms of, it's the biggest in two ways. First, it's the biggest in terms of majors. I think they're like 9,000 students who major at the college. And the second is everybody's got to touch the college. You got to take English, right? You, you got to take American History 101. You got to take World History, right? They're, they're, your core curriculum, language, is all at the radar college. So, you know, you don't have to take high. You don't have to go to the business school and take a business course. Mm -hmm. There's no requirement for you to do that, right? You don't have to go and take a nursing course unless you want to, you know, meet some nurses. So you don't have to take those courses, but you have to, if you're in engineering or nursing, take courses at the radar college. So it's really, really big. And the entire endowment for all those students was $75,000. That's all the money that was in the endowment, which is, Gives you four percent or something. Help me with my math. Three thousand dollars a year in scholarships they could give to help um, those kids. So that was really powerful to us, um, and um, you know how much the impact would be. Uh, and uh, um, they also um, came up with matching dollars. If you do this, we'll match. Um, you know, uh, I think they brought in like three million dollars of matching money. So our gift. Then had uh, a more substantial ROI. You give a dollar, you get a dollar and a quarter. That makes a lot of sense to us. So um, there are just a lot of uh, reasons that they pitched it to us. And uh, then we met as a family, and, uh, um, and we were talking about a legacy gift for me. Uh, we were thinking of lots of different things uh, at the time, and um, you know we followed through. They they also had the uh, how they wanted to use the money. Um, not all the money has been appropriated yet, uh, but we have uh, $6 million right now, plus uh, in the, my, named after my wife, the Lindy Radar Scholars Program. So we're giving uh, $45,000 scholarships away a year. Just imagine the impact on those kids. That's tuition, right? So um, so uh, that's, that's incredibly impactful. We started the Radar Institute of Social Equity to try to provide um, policy alternatives to lawmakers so we can, you know, better our uh, our society. And uh, and so those kind of programs, you know, just started resonating with us one after the other. And um, so all that together, we decided to, to go all in. They did give us an option, you know, like a Chinese restaurant, you know, uh, one from column A, two from column B. I don't know if they do that anymore. They used to do that family of three, you know, family of four. You have two from column A, two from column B. You know, you can pick you know, your food. Um, and they gave us sort of that menu of things that the money can go for. Um, and, uh, um, and so, uh, um, you know, that we had some flexibility in there. So that's how that, that went. Sorry, it was a very long answer. But, no, that was uh, great. That was fantastic. But, uh, it really, uh, we, we go um, meet with the students that we get scholarships with. We follow those students. They become part of our family. Um, we're just excited to see their uh, you know, success. Um, and uh, I'll tell you uh, one last story. I wanted to, you asked the question, Kai, um, you know, um, about, uh, uh, you know, what impact can some, one person make? You know, 
Uh, and I'm going to tell you a story that um, when I saw it actually come to full, uh, you know, come back to me, my wife and I were on the floor, literally crying, crying. The president of the college, uh, she was then interim president of Catrick, was crying with us and had a, or holding hands and crying together. I mean, this is just such an incredible story. So when I was um, cutting the ribbon or doing the ceremony, announcing my the uh, endowment for my father, we were in the engineering building and I asked uh, the dean, where's the, where's the men's room? He said, well, the men's room's over there, but don't use that one. I said, why not? He said, that's the one the, the homeless students live in. I go, what? What homeless students? So then he told me that um, there were like all these homeless students. So I went and looked it up and I found out there were like 180 homeless students at KSU. I don't know if you know that, but it's shocking, right? Shocking. So I immediately called the foundation. I said, look, you know, we're, we're um, always close to full in our student housing, but we're never full because kids, you know, transfer out or, you know, they, uh, you know, they pay a deposit, but don't end up winding coming to the university or they get kicked out of school or whatever happens. Uh, they move off campus. So we're really like 98% occupied. Well, 2% is like 60 beds. Why aren't those kids in those beds? You know, and um, so as I'm talking to them, they said, no, we got a special case. We need your help. I said, what's the special case? They said, we've got a homeless couple. She's getting her uh, degree. She's like number one in her class in biology. Um, but her husband has kidney disease, had a uh, kidney transplant. He got rejected the kidneys and they lost all their money and they didn't have health insurance and they're bankrupt and they're living in their car at a gas station. I said, are you freaking kidding me? And she's going to school every day, but calls her husband to make sure he's all right. And uh, she's threatening to leave school because she just can't leave her husband alone. And I happened to own an apartment building near KSU. It was not a student house. And so I gave them a free two-bedroom apartment uh, and then we got our neighbors together and we furnished it for them and gave them the support. And um, um, I never met the students. You know, I heard that we changed their lives and that was really wonderful. I was at an event and the student came back because she graduated, came back uh, and gave a speech about it and talked about in detail about the suffering they went through and the life they had. I, I can't do justice to it. But just imagine living as a couple with your dog in a car at a gas station and uh, showering at the gas station and then going to you know school and calling your husband and and uh, it was just hard it was just a horrible thing. So her husband has this really unique um, kidney disease. So she got a full ride scholarship to Johns Hopkins to get her PhD uh, to study curing her husband's disease. So just wow. imagine, she got up and gave a speech and saying her life was in ruins and everything was going down and she was going to give up until the radars came into her life. Well, I, I never met her, you know, and and she did, when she said that, she started breaking up crying. We started crying. Um, and But we changed the trajectory of this family. Uh, and, and in doing so, um, and it was so, so easy. I had an empty apartment. It was not like, I wrote a check. I had an empty part, but just happened to have it. That was my, uh, you know, we all have something, right, that we can do. And uh, um, not only did I change their lives, um, but she may then go out and change all of our lives um, with what she's about to do 
and she becomes a, a doctor and uh, and and uh, does all her research. So that that kind of story, um, you know, you just um, you know you're passing along, um, um, you know, uh, your humanity to others. I I can't emphasize enough how great it makes you feel and how um, uh, rewarding it is. So um, to everyone who's saying, I don't know what I can do, buy a ticket. Just buy a ticket, do something, get involved in some way. You really are going to improve a life and you may in fact improve the entire world. So with that, um, I think uh, I answered your question. <laughs> that was fantastic. Incredible Thanks, stories. Incredible stories, man. Um, fantastic podcast. Um, we're just about out of time. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Truly, it's an honor. Um, I Same hopefully here, I enjoyed it immensely. I have oh, one final thought, if I can. Go for it, please. Who do you? <laughs> yes, sir. I love it. I thought we were going to have some Jerry Springer final thought type stuff, but uh, that works as well. It says a lot. It says yeah, a lot. Yes. You got the owl behind you, Jonathan. So. For, for those who are listening on uh, audio, Mr. Radow is putting up a uh, owl uh, hand sign. Oh, so, nice. uh, along with the hoodie who. So, yeah. Well, once again, really appreciate the time. Seriously, it was an yeah. honor. Um, thank you so much. Yes, sir. Oh, owls. Thank you for tuning in to the Owl Chat Podcast. As a reminder, you can follow our hosts on Twitter at KSU Owl Howl and at Big Owl Blog. You can also view additional content on BigOwlBlog.com. And be sure to join the online community of Owl fans at KSUOwlHowl.com slash forum. Until our hosts return, stay happy, stay healthy, and as always... Go Owls!